Welcome back to the Swanky Disc Golf Show. I am your host today, Josiah, here with Luke and Reed, bringing you another episode this week. How are you guys doing? Pretty doing terrible. pretty good. Pretty good. good. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Did you play disc golf today? That is the question. Not today. I Yesterday. did. Thanks for asking, Josiah. I did play disc golf today. Played a league oh, round, won a CTP, no problem. <laughs> hey, that's that's always the highlight of any what league hole? rounds because that's the only thing you win. New hole 14 at Yahula. It was crazy. I haven't even played oh, New yeah. 14. Is it, is it a forehand hole? It is a forehand, Josiah. Thanks for asking. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I've only parked it with a backhand, so... <laughs> Um, but anyway, we got some fun topics to bring to you guys today. But for starters, a Silver Series event happened this weekend. The Blue Ridge Championship uh, hosted by Innova at uh, the North Cove Disc Golf Courses in Marion, North Carolina. So new course to uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour. I believe this is the second course this year that's brand new to uh, the tour and to a lot of these players, uh, both silver events, I guess. So it's not. Well, no, the other one was the Open at Austin was an Elite Series, wasn't yeah, it? it was. So that was brand new for the Elite Series and then brand new course here. But um, Gannon Burr ended up taking that one down for MPO and no surprise, Kristen Tatar on FPO. But uh, we're just going to jump right into our first segment Birdie, Bogey, or Ace. Uh, mm-hmm. On just some things that happened at this event. So number one, isn't it bo- uh, birdie, bogey, or par? <laughs> oh, did I write down? I think we I definitely. Think said it's, it earlier, I think though. He I said, said it wrong. Also. <laughs> okay, just start and that over. <laughs> jump right into start the, the first whole thing segment over. No, just that. No, just no, jump right into that. the first that segment. This is funny. <laughs> <laughs> we it don't know our own segments. We don't know our own segments. Well, I just literally read the sheet I have. It said ace. Birdie, so, bogey, or ace? It's only birdie, bogey. Bad <laughs> it's better, best, or worst. Yep. Um, all right. Birdie, bogey, or par is the segment uh, we are going to jump into. But first topic, Bradley Williams, hole 18 final round needs to birdie to push Gannon Burr into a playoff. Throws his drive, decent drive, throws his upshot, and does not go for the green on his upshot. And then he's got probably 100, 120 feet on his third shot, and he needs to run it to tie and lays up again. Clearly having zero intention of going for the birdie on hole 18. So definitely guaranteeing himself second place but not even a shot of first place. There's clearly no intention by him whatsoever. So what do you think, Reed? Birdie, bogey, or par? This is a double bogey. I cannot (laughs) describe how much I cringed when I watched this. Uh, For those that didn't watch the coverage, uh, it was kind of raining, so the conditions weren't really good. The, The course was getting sloppy. It was getting cold. Uh, and and like Josiah said, he had about 100, 120 into the pin. Uh, but Bradley Williams throws those shots like all the time in practice rounds and all this. He's throwing shots in. He's one got one of the smoothest putter backhand forms. Like that, if you could draw up a circumstance and put a player there, you would want Bradley Williams there. And to see him lay it up with this just backhand in Heiser thinking. 
Well, I, I guess he wanted to secure Solo second, but even if he had missed Gano B and made the putt back in, he would have been tied second, losing maybe $500. So it just felt super cringe to watch him lay that up, knowing he had a legitimate shot to throw it in. I mean, I guess in his head he didn't have a legitimate shot, but it's a double bogey. I couldn't believe what I was watching. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's hard to say. You never know what's going on in the mind of someone, but that's pretty tough. I mean, like how, like you said, if it's five hundred dollar difference, that's pretty brutally lame. <laughs> I'm so, gonna call so it I looked par, it up. Though you go ahead. <laughs> I was just gonna say I looked it up. So the cash difference between second and third is six hundred dollars. So a tie would have meant, you know, he lost 300 and coming in solo third would have meant he lost $600. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he, oh, maybe he didn't geez. know that or maybe there's something else going on because I don't understand. I mean, you don't get shots like James Conrad shot at Worlds with that mentality of like, hey, second place is a pretty big bag if I secure solo second. That's just sad and I feel like, I don't know, maybe it happens some other times in the world of golf, but... I'm going to call it a par because I don't want to be too hard on him. You don't know what's going through his mind. Like maybe he was thinking, maybe he didn't know the score of Kyle Klein or he didn't know the exact amount of money he was losing on. Worst case scenario, it is like a he's thinking ratings. He's thinking Oof. money, oh. for like oh. losing a bunch of money. Like if ratings, if, oh. if ratings has anything to do with it, then you know <laughs> this sport is just... Dang. dog water it's so bad because <laughs> it is, i mean like think of paul Macbeth. he says it all the time and maybe it's because he's already well established and can afford to but like he does not care for top five finishes man he's trying to win if he has a shot at winning if he aces out he's gonna try and ace every single hole you know absolutely so uh, that's not the he, d- he does not quite have the mamba mentality <laughs> there bradley <laughs> But again, I'm not, not going to judge him too harshly. I don't know what was going on in his mind. Maybe he was like, percentages of me making this versus percentages of me coming in second place are significantly drastic, so I'm not even going to try. But man, yeah, it's a tough look. Yeah. I would definitely also agree with Reed. It's a bogey, if not worse. <laughs> it looks really bad. And I think the biggest factor for me is that nobody's ever going to remember him coming in second place a year from now at all. Nobody They're remembers remember bogeys, th- dude. <laughs> dude, nobody remembers bogeys. Dude, I'm going to remember gonna that remember bogey. Gannon winning. Yeah. I'm going to remember they his remember, bogey. They, and they might remember <laughs> that Gannon won in this fashion uh, because of that. And if that's the reason, also still doesn't make a lot of sense. But, I mean, Reed and I were talking earlier, and Calvin still went for it on the final hole like he already didn't even have a shot of winning but he was just trying to go for it trying to secure that podium yeah to continue his streak i mean he know like this is the first time he's fallen off the podium and it's fourth place big surprise but to that regards he still went for it like knowing that he wanted to do it and that's yeah. just a different mentality yeah. so it just it just doesn't look great we say as a competitor we say no one remembers bogeys all the time for those of you listening and that's how we kind of <laughs> 
uh, coerce our card mates into running it when they probably shouldn't. <laughs> Nobody remembers That's bogeys, true. but we will remember if you get a really cool throw in here. That's true. Hey, Rolls yeah. OB. That's... No, just... <laughs> yeah. It yeah, does well, not man. do good things for our scores, yeah. but for our hearts. <laughs> yeah. All Precisely. Right. Second topic uh, for the Blue Ridge Championship. Uh, FPO, Kristen Tatar, uh, wins by nine strokes with a 22 under par, uh, beating Sarah Hokum with minus 13. Now, granted, it is... Uh, obvious that there's a few notable names missing. Um, and by a few, I mean two and a half because <laughs> Valerie Mah- Mandahano is still injured. So she's not playing yet. But um, Katrina Allen, Paige Pierce, not there. Um, but either way, Kristen Tatar just winning in dominating fashion. Is that expected? What do you guys think, Luke? Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say, obviously, like big old birdie for Kristen Tatar. Just wild uh bogey for fpo disc golf i feel like although it there's two sides to it there's one saying like it's kind of fun to watch kristen tatar absolutely just whoop everyone's butt and dominate but it's also sad because you really want the rest of you want the interesting storylines that comes along with like rivalries and close finishes uh i feel like fpo right now looks kind of like what mpo looked like in the days of yore <laughs> when you had paul <laughs> Macbeth and ricky wysocki winning literally every literally everything and it not even being close to like anyone else for a while uh and that's kind of fun like it's awesome to see paul Macbeth, ricky wysocki pop off but it's also like you want the sport to keep up to get to where it is now to where you have a list of probably 25 names in MPO now that could take it down like any week. You know, you never know when it's going to be Gannon, Calvin, Kyle, Isaac Robinson, Ricky Wysocki, like, like I said, like a list of like 25 people with FPO. There is a list of three people and that's <laughs> debatable there's really a list of one person <laughs> but, that's like we need more than just like Kristen Tatar, Katrina Allen and Paige Pierce week in and week out and we know Paige Pierce has been underperforming as of late she did get a dub she already got a win so it's like you know but for for Paige Pierce standards yeah Kristen Tatar is on win number three so <laughs> gonna have to keep up yeah bogey yeah, for Kristen I'm- Tatar bogey for FPO disc golf yeah, I think that this is kind of a par. I mean, essentially what we've got here is a field with Kristen and no other of her competitors. Um, I mean, she was on her own planet. They were trying to, <laughs> you know, insert some drama when on hole one of the final round, Hokum birdied and Tatar double bogeyed. And it was they were like oh here we go we got it's getting interesting and it was like still <laughs> like a seven stroke game at that point i mean it wasn't close even after that and and it obviously just got worse from there so i'm i'm not sure that we're surprised at all obviously like luke was texting the group early on he was like if sarah first Holcomb- round is the yeah first round early on it was a Sarah Hokum is the only one pushing Tatar in this event it's going to get ugly and it did I'm not we're not surprised at all this is just at a difficult course with a lot of OB like this the FPO field just currently doesn't have it to compete with Kristen 
Paige and Kat weren't there to push her. So here we are. I'm going to give it a par. I mean, I almost agree with both of you <laughs> in, in reality. Like, it, all of those make sense. To me, I think this is just a par. And part of me just wonders if Kristen is just that much better than the entire field right now. I mean, clearly she is. But there are a lot of names that have done well in the past and even at different events. And is it, did they just underperform this week? Or did Kristen just wildly overperform this week to make it such a drastic score differential? And one of the biggest reasons I think about that, especially because this course is very OB heavy. And Kristen's style of play is to not really be aggressive when there's a lot of OB, but it's to play the more safe approaches, give herself a birdie look, and capitalize when she can. And that makes me think... Paige Pierce is always usually a much more aggressive player. And I feel like that could have hurt her anyway. She might not have been any competition, even if she was there um, for her. And I just think that Kristen is wildly overperforming, at least on this tournament, clearly over the last two years. But on this tournament specifically, I think that she's wildly overperforming. So I'm going to give her a birdie on this one um, just because, I mean, she's pushing the FPO field to get better um in reality and so i think that's only going to help the sport grow um even further yeah we did talk about earlier some records that were were set the best score under par was it just ever in fbo and also the first time ever that score relative to par was better than the mpo score relative to par so yeah kristen star shot 22 under gannon burr shot 18 under first time ever which is awesome to see. So we love what Kristen's doing. It's just everybody else needs to step it up. And I don't know what all the other girls are getting paid. I know a couple of them though are making some bank, and they're not they're not showing it, which is is what it is. But yeah, that's true. Um. All right. The third topic: birdie, bogey, or par is North Cove disc golf as a whole. So a couple new courses. It was really cool to see both the MPO and FBO play completely on separate courses instead of the FBO playing a abbreviated laid out of the MPO. I really enjoyed that. So what did you guys think of the two courses if you got to see a whole lot of the coverage? Um, or what do you think of the fact that they're actually playing on two different courses right now as it is? Uh, Reed, let's start with you. Uh, I love it. First of all, I'm going to say that this whole thing is a birdie. Because North Cove is a beautiful and is such a nice change of scenery from the 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 courses we've been playing at uh, that they the tour has been giving us the last few weeks. I don't know. They've been nice. They've been grassy and whatever. The weather's also been bad. But North Cove is beautiful in the mountains. The the grass was green. There's rocks and rivers running through it. It looked amazing on coverage. And the courses were incredible as well. Uh, obviously, 18 under is a very low score in MPO through three rounds. So I kind of love to see that. You love to see high score. The scoring. You love to see the score <laughs> separation. You love to see the score separation, uh, especially on these the final holes. The drama that was created was real. I love that the FPO get their own course here. Boulders is a, is a great course by itself as well. And uh, they were able to just 
have two totally separate things going on and not have to be on top of each other all 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 day with the FPO playing super early and then getting the MPO out on that card as well. Like they were able to just play and that's going to be super nice. I think that this course will be uh, on the elite series soon. If this event is an elite series next year, this course will be elite series very, very soon. I think it should host worlds eventually if they can get another uh, MPO gold caliber course there. Uh, I think we're going to be looking at this course for a long time. Huge birdie. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to say birdie. I also loved watching the college kids attack some yeah. of these the same holes, the same courses. It's a lot of fun. It's a beautiful course. I don't know what the pros have been saying. I haven't uh, researched or listened enough to what the pros have been saying about the course. I imagine there's some gripes, but for <laughs> the most part, as a spectator, it's absolutely <laughs> beautiful to watch. Uh, super fun. Love the scoring differentials. Uh, hole 18, I guess, is kind of questionable. Like, I like a difficult, <laughs> challenging hole, but if you scroll through some of the the scores on hole 18, it's quite quite dramatic. Uh, yeah, I, at least on the final round, looks like there was one birdie on the whole day, and it was somebody who was tied for, like, 75th or whatever. Uh, some, I mean, there like, if you look throughout all the rounds, there's some 11s, some 12s, several 14s. We're looking at <laughs> <laughs> some brutal scores. And a if 19 just look at that the we top, won't speak about. Yeah, we were, yeah. <laughs> the, top, the top six players, if I just go down the line, top six players, final round, bogey, bogey, double bogey, 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 final round, hole 18. So it's like, <laughs> what do you do, you know? Maybe maybe rework hole 18 a little bit, but other than that, I love the course, yeah. Birdie. I'll agree with that. I think it's a, a birdie for sure. I've played this course, and it is phenomenal. I've played both the Gorge. Uh, I haven't played boulders. I played one hole on boulders because it's actually the same hole as uh, one of the holes on River Run, which is kind of their more amateur beginner level course that they offer there. But it's just a great property to go out and play. And you mentioned that you didn't know if you heard too many. I didn't hear too much gripe that I know of from any pro players on the field, which I find ironic because I heard a ton about the open at Austin, um, about That's people true. complaining about that course. Yeah. And this one I didn't. And now this is the second time that we've seen a brand new course. Most of the pros are all people. And most of the pros that were involved with the drama in that course were still here for this one. And you're not hearing the same thing. So I think that overall, the feel about this course has to be at least better than the open at Austin course was. Um, you don't hear a whole lot of people saying that, oh, that they have to make changes in order for this to continue as a pro level course. But there's no way that the pro tour will choose to ignore the options that are available to them on this course. I think it's just phenomenal. Um, there are so many options and you can do so many great tournaments there. And it's in a beautiful area. So, yeah. Yeah, I heard a lot, a lot of the of college too. kids say that they absolutely love the course. Uh, we sponsored some jerseys with Flippy Disc Golf for our alma mater to Co Falls College to send them out Ooh. there, uh, and they all said they absolutely love it. Also, shout out to Micah Jones Anderson University for taking down D3 singles by two strokes. The guy's a legend, and he's uh, a friend of the channel, and we've been hanging out with him for years, so shout out to yeah. Micah. 
He's been in several videos. Oh, yeah. He's cracked. Definitely a bagger, but we'll give it to him. Yeah, what a bagger. <laughs> Which is funny because he came into the final round down, I think, five strokes. Yeah, no, Trevor. And then he still Trevor at Foundation shouted him out, and he, I think, he said the last few holes he got an eagle. He like, I can't remember what yeah, it exactly win. was, but it was like birdie, birdie, eagle, birdie to like win it. Absolutely wild. Yeah. You're insane, right? That's for sure. All right, moving right along, uh, we are going to talk a little bit about Champions Cup coming up very quickly. It kind of snuck up on me, that's for sure. I almost forgot that it was coming up this week. You weren't the only one that it snuck up on. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely some notable things to talk about here. Uh, One thing in particular that has already been talked about by the disc golf scene as a whole is the qualifying event, which at the time of this recording is happening tomorrow morning um, for both MPO and FPO. So four FPO slots available and eight MPO slots available for grabs for that field, which I think is ironic because I think there's only five FPO players uh, competing for those spots so there's only one person i think if i i could be wrong but if i remember last i looked that there was only four people signed up for um the qualifying there was only five fpo players qualifying tomorrow but um what did you guys think about the qualifying event do you think it's something that they intended to do or hope to continue to. I didn't know this was going to be a thing, and I wonder if that's the reason why there was a little bit more drama around signups in general. Well, Luke. Oh yeah, go ahead. Luke. Go ahead. Luke. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think the qualifying event. I I love it actually. I think it's great. USDGC does something similar. They have like a plan. That's how I think Ezra and Isaac Robinson said in the early days before they were going on pro tour events, they would go like qualify for USDGC and play just because they would play the like the little qualifier that they had the day before the week of the tournament. Uh, so I don't know. I think it's cool. I don't know. I am not up to date with all the drama. I know there was like a long list of <laughs> the wait. There was a wait list for a ton of like very well known players. Yeah. Do you want to hear these names? <laughs> they're still wait listed. Yeah, they have yeah, to they qualify for the play-in. Play play yes, they're, yeah, all, they're playing. all playing in the play-in. So the only note, well, I guess it wasn't notable, but Casey White was number one on the wait list, and he's not playing in the play-in, so I'm guessing he made it he in. But in, yeah. Ke- Kevin Jones, Luke Humphreys, yeah. Garrett Gerthy, James Conrad, Andrew Marweed, <laughs> this about Aaron to be Gossage, <laughs> Ezra Aderhold. Like, there are some... Big yeah. names, and there's a lot of this podcast people should who be going still... up on Tuesday, so Monday so morning is the play-in. So you guys, be also... sure to go check and see who made it <laughs> and yeah, who didn't. Notable... Who didn't make it? In. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But Austin Hannum is playing in the play-in, which last year he broke the course record before yes, yeah. it was subsequently broken two days later, shattered. But I know <laughs> shattered. But but like he's also in the play-in. So if you know, he, he plays as well as he did last time. It it may be pretty doable. So there there are definitely a lot of people like yeah. I don't know I think if I there's coverage for this tomorrow. That it's really not the PDGA's fault that all these players are on the wait list. Oh, absolutely. Uh, not. It's, yeah, it's a lot in the hands of the players. But I know I think this is just going to encourage more talks of a tour card and stuff like that, and not allowing 
making stricter qualifications to be able to play in a PDGA member in a PDGA major because I know there's probably a list of 30 40 people who are in the Champions Cup who we've never heard of before and they maybe like popped off in one tournament or like something like that and found a way to sneakily qualify and get in and yeah I don't know tour card system some sort of update is I feel like going to be talked about inevitably. But if it's also just the player's fault for being like lazy and forgetting to sign up, that's, you know, what are you going to do? You now have to yeah. play in. <laughs> yeah, listen, I mean, the PDGA doesn't need to hold these adults' hands to sign up for their event. <laughs> like the, the event goes live. You should, if you don't have a person, like a tour manager that's signing these up for you, if you're you know, sponsors aren't helping you get signed up, then you've got to be on top of it. You've got to have notifications set up for when registration goes live because most of these events go up and they don't go live. You can see when they will go live. You can see when tiered registration starts. So it's just like, it's, it's crazy that so many people missed it. So something definitely must have happened a little bit differently, but it's definitely yeah. not on the event runners, I don't think. It was funny because, like, I think a PDG, the PDGA sent out a text for world signups like a week after this drama <laughs> all went down. So they were like, please don't yep. miss this one, guys. Yeah. But, uh, Josiah, I was just going to say that I don't think, I think they would have done the qualifier round regardless. I think that's probably standard procedure. It's just oh, being yeah. talked about because the huge name players that are in it, it's going to be electric. Like these guys are going down there to play for a chance to play in a major, which is incredible. I hope that somebody's <laughs> down there filming. I, I, I know like somebody's oh, got to so. get a kind of awesome money thing. It's like gladiator style. Let's freaking just get which, it. <laughs> yes. And, and another thing for me is the field or the amount of people that they're letting play in Champions Cup, I think is capped at 100, which I think is funny because Blue Ridge last weekend had 145 MPO players. And so in my head originally, I was like, they clearly have tournaments. And the Gorge is not like, a, oh, hey, it takes two hours to finish. Like when I played it, now granted, it's not like I'm playing for birdies, but it took <laughs> three to three and a half <laughs> hours to play through. And that's what the average time says on their website as well. So it's not like a a short course but neither is wr jackson but you wouldn't you would almost expect that the field would be a little bit bigger more like most elite series but i like the fact that they're limiting the amount of people at majors i really do and i like the fact that they're requiring uh, a qualifying event because it just makes it more that much more competitive and i think that's a little bit needed for some of these major tournaments is to make it more standoffish from the pro tour to make it more competitive and more desirable is what I think the goal is supposed to be for these tournaments to win. And so I, I love the fact that they're doing a qualifying and I, I hope they keep doing stuff like that in the future. That's for sure. Yeah. Now imagine if somebody from the qualifier wins the event, because that's a real oh, possibility. Yeah. We have the talent on the qualifier. Now that will be so amazing. I that's now facts. cheering for that. Just like the That'd NBA, the new play-in system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or it's like yeah. the disc golf, the the Pro Tour Championship, like the whole argument where like the buy isn't even really an advantage because if you get hot early, then you're like you've got an extra round on the course. Nathan Queen like proved it, dude. Nathan Queen, it could be. Who knows? Who knows? All right, 
Next up on Champions Cup, though, some notable names to watch out for this week. Uh, number one, last year's winner, Chris Dickerson. Not been playing notably well this year compared to what his usual standard is, that's for sure. Um, but he did win it last year. And he's still a great player. It's not like his name is not in contention for some tournaments. Obviously, last week, um, he was right there with everybody else um, over at Music City Open. Mm -hmm. um, Calvin Heimberg came podium last year. Also been playing podium pretty much every tournament this year. And then Paul Macbeth, always have to watch out for at majors, especially after, um, as already aforementioned, destroying the course record. At W.R. Jackson. So um, what do you guys think about those three? Or are there any other names to look out for this year? I'm going to go ahead and jump in and say Ricky Wysocki. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the man's a madman. And he's like, if he gets hot, he's going he's gonna to have a podium finish. Um, but Are you surprised that he played this week with Champions Cup next week? I feel like... With yes, with where he's at, and he has an injury and the amount of money he's making, I'm a little bit surprised. But he might also be thinking, I want to get some practice in. I want to stay warm because he, he's been on and off. We loved his, like, oh, I'm finally back on tour with the Music City Open. And we're like, you kind of forgetting about those two rounds that you played <laughs> and then DNF'd. But, yes, Whoops. welcome back. Uh, but he's... I think I think he's going to be a major contender. Of course, Paul. If he, but Paul has seems to lately have a tendency to absolutely pop off when it doesn't matter. Like I feel like he's done that a few times in the past year. He just destroys a course and then jumps up to like you know top twenty. <laughs> it's like that was cool. That was pretty awesome. Uh, Paul, Chris Dickerson, I think Chris Dickerson has a real shot at popping off. Actually, I mentioned last week at Music City Open, he he genuinely looked like he was on another level for that for the second round, also the first round a little bit, but the second round specifically, he popped off. And if he can put it all together and just click, it's, yeah, Dunzo Fushunzo. Yeah, I think we also have to watch Ganon Burr. He's had an incredible mm. start to the year so i mean i don't remember his finish at champions cup last year but at the same it time was fifth yeah okay there you go so the dude knows the course he's gonna play it well and he is just like a proven winner all of a sudden the dude knows how to win and he's putting it all together so him and heimberg are probably your this year they're the favorites going in i would have to imagine uh for Paul, we have to say that if he doesn't get like a top 10 finish, I'm worried about Paul. He needs to prove that majors are as important as we've been saying. We've sort of been giving him a hall pass because we're like, oh, well, it's not a major. So Paul doesn't care. But if he doesn't put it together and bring that anger, that third round anger from last year and 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 get himself up there top 10 top five then i'm a little bit worried for him chris chris posted on instagram i think it was after music city or maybe during music city talking about how he wanted to prove to the world that he still belonged in like the top level of disc golf in like in in that top five conversation every single week 
And he just hasn't been in that conversation. But you're right, Josiah. I think he has the ability to tighten the screw and 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 turn up to another level. Uh, we just haven't seen a lot of it yet this year. So hopefully, hopefully we see it. I mean, I would love to to watch him dice the course. He's so good in the woods. I'd love to watch it happen at WR. Yeah, and I mean, I thought Chris Dickerson would have been a great candidate for the Blue Ridge Championships at North Cove. And I mean, he did well. He finished top 10, but it definitely wasn't even close to what Gannon was shooting out there. But um, those top few players definitely were were shooting a little bit better. But um, you guys mentioned every other name that I could think of, though. I had a question. Reed, you said third round anger. Were you talking about his good round or his bad round? Oh, I thought the fourth round was <laughs> was generated by his anger from the third round. So there, he okay. shot an that's, awful, that's was... awful third round, and so that's that's yes. the third round anger I was talking about. Uh, hopefully, yeah. he, <laughs> okay. hopefully he still has those memories burned into his brain, that's true. and he can channel it, and maybe he gets four rounds of of fourth round, Paul. <laughs> that's true. Which is which is probably realistically our fault because it's the only you know day we went and watched the Champions Cup last year. Devastating. So, yeah, it's our fault that Paul <laughs> had a bad round that day. We're a Paul Jinx. Um, <laughs> yeah, great names to look out for. I'm really excited to watch this week. I don't know why, but for some reason, majors just generate more excitement. Um, and so I'm I'm super excited, but. All right, to wrap this up, we're going to go over some predictions for the Champions Cup. So the way it's going to work is we're going to pick one MPO winner and one FPO winner that we think is going to win the event. And then we're going to pick our dog of the week. So you have to pick a player outside of the top 25 UDISC world rankings for MPO and outside the top 15 uh, UDISC world rankings for FPO. Uh, and then you'll have four players. You average their placement, best average placement uh, wins on that. And there is some stakes on the line. Is that correct, Luke? There are some stakes. Filet mignon. Ah, I was hoping for ribeye. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, no, it's actually just like... Uh, like flat iron steaks that you can get at Waffle Out. No. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, so whoever wins is going to get this. You listeners can't see is what this, this is. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna... But Josiah and Reed should be shocked right now. Is that the CD1? This one? is a Crush Boys CD1 Special Edition C-Line yeah. from the Mystery Box. Ooh. Uh, possibly the last disc ever that will have Simon Lazat's face on it from Discmania. <laughs> It's got Simon Lazar, Derek really. Man, Kyle Klein, Crush Boys. Very limited, very rare. Uh, whoever wins yeah, gets actually, this disc. I actually kind of really want that. So I kind of really want <laughs> yeah. it too. Time to dial up my picks yeah, because. Time to, uh, All right, and then it. you are you are not allowed to pick the same as another person. So we have to do this Is draft style. Who gets to go first? We are doing it draft <laughs> styles with so. the number one pick. Luke, Luke, you can go first. Are we okay. doing MPO then, or FPO first? We'll start with MPO. <laughs> All right. So it. wait, do I just so, draft one MPO? So, or do I give all uh, my yeah, picks? Yeah. So, 
No, no, no. So you get, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you don't get a button. You get one MP. Well, actually, let's just do a draft style all the way around. You can make your choice out of any of the four. And we'll, we'll just do snake draft. We'll oh, just that's do snake draft. Amazing. Let's do that. Wait, so yeah, I we'll get do to snake do draft. anyone? One pick. Yeah. Any one person. Okay, well, I'm going with this, and so it's gonna... the absolute safest bet that has ever <laughs> existed on planet Earth. I'm already writing it down. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm going with the fact that uh, Kristen Tatar is not going to be emotionally harassed this year by uh, certain commentators and TDs. <laughs> That she's gonna win. Kristen Starr's winning FPO. All right, Reed, you go next. I'm taking Calvin Heimberg in the MPO to win. Mm. Dang it. That's literally the one I wanted. Um all right, I'm going at Gannon Burr for MPO to win. Nice. All right, all right. All right, we right. stake drafting or is it back to Luke? <laughs> yeah. Uh I actually that's up to you guys. What do you guys want to do? Do you want to just circle around or do snake draft? I think we can just circle around. It's not that huge in it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I I agree. So you said we are snake drafting? Sorry, I was No, 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 no. It's no, you, no. Luke. No, we're it's we're you. looping around. It's back it's back looping to you. Looping around back to me. So um I'm going to predict a winner for MPO. And I'm between a couple of names. Uh, I'm going to say Chris Dickerson. My faith is in him. Ooh, he knows the course. He loves the take. course. He's not far from Tennessee. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I Yeah. I think, he, he, yeah, repeat winner. There you go. I All right, re- am horrified. <laughs> I'm horrified at what I have left to do. I think I'm going to take... Paige Pierce to win Champions Cup. I mean, she won it last year. She's going. She's going for the repeat. You potentially think. because of some emotional distress, but hey, <laughs> I am concerned on a number of levels. <laughs> I know because there's a chance she could come like T seventy five. Dude, she's either top two or outside the top fifty. Yeah. I feel like there's no in between. All right. I'm going to take Katrina Allen to win FPO um, because realistically, I don't have to pick the winner at this point. I just have to pick who I think might come Mm -hmm. closest (laughs) because the winner has already been taken. (laughs) Oh, that's facts. Okay, so for for the dog of the week, we're picking outside the top 25 in MPO and 15 Uh in FPO. Yeah, okay. That's correct. Uh, Yes. um, Yes. Okay. Question, like uh, do we have the registration <laughs> list? So I know who that is. Uh, yeah, I did. I did have it. Hang on, uh, hang on, hang on. Up, I can pull I it up. up. Yeah, I have I have it pulled up too. So if you say a name, I can search it real quick. Um. So out of top 25. Ooh, okay. Okay, there's a few different ways I could go with this. There's quite a few different ways I could go with this. Um, gosh. <laughs> Uh, there's actually like some phenomenal names here. I know, but I kind of want to go. I kind of want to go a little risky because I have a really safe. I have a really safe pick with Kristen Tatar. Uh, I feel like this guy's consistent. I feel like he knows the course really, really well. I feel like I he's I a Georgia boy. Uh oh, uh oh. I'm actually gonna pick Alden Harris. I'm gonna go Alden Harris as my. Oh wait, he's twenty one right now, dude. Alden Harris is cracked. Okay, I'm not going Alden dude, Harris. Dude, I was gonna say, I was like, bro, Alden. Yeah. Don't sleep on yeah, Alden. Yeah. No. Um, let's go. 
there's a wait let me see if this person is registered <laughs> bro literally numbers wait, like, like 25 through 35 oh, okay. well numbers like 25 through 35 are playing tomorrow in the play-in it's so weird. i know it's crazy i mean no higher than that gossage I mean, conrad ezra aderhold is 17 and he's playing in the play Marwood. i know i'm between like jones 19 oh, that's crazy a few people um oh shoot i playing? could say mm, mm. Mm. <laughs> sorry this is so much harder than i thought it was gonna be and I'm there's a lot on the line say with who i've been hyping up this whole freaking season i'm gonna go don't do it Dolan. don't do it that's who i was gonna pick dang it he's been popping off he's been feeling super confident uh i feel like he's got it in him to get like a top All 10 right. finish all right i love the pick obviously i was gonna pick him uh Dang it, were you really? I was. Uh, I think that I'm going to go up two spots on the leaderboard and take Mr. Mm. Mason Ford. Ah. Is he registered? Can I get a registration? Can I get a registration check? Can I get a registration check? If he's is, if he's playing in the play-in, I'm still taking him. I think he's going to get hot through the play-in. I don't care if he's playing the play-in or not. Uh... He is playing. Okay. Mason Ford. And Yeah, and he is not in the play in. Right on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh I'm shoot, where'd my list go? I had it. Uh I'm going Ezra Robinson. Oh I like it. I thought about I love it. Yeah, that. He came he came in like twelfth yeah, last year. He actually year. did super well. So Georgia boy. And and yeah, I know he knows this course, and so I think he actually has um, a really good shot. He's got that so. dog in him. <laughs> yeah, he does. All right, Luke, Wait, FPO. Question, is Cole Riddallen registered? I think I saw him, but I'll, I'm not sure. I can't remember. <laughs> we should make sure. Can I get a registration check? He is. Check? He is. He's he in is. There. Good. Yep. All right, last one, Luke. FPO outside, FPO, the, top outside of the top 15. It really is just like who's going to be somewhat consistent there. <laughs> uh, who's going ooh. to be there? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't have the registration list for the FPO. Who do you need? Just tell um, me I can search it. Mm, I'm thinking, I'm actually thinking Alexis Mandahano. I like that pick. She's registered. She's like, I think, underperformed a little bit this year, but I think she has it in her to any time. She could have a fire tournament, and I think it's going to, I'm hoping it's going to be this one. (laughs) Like, she just will randomly come in the top five sometimes, and I'm I'm counting on this weekend. Yep, she does, uh, she does have it in her. All right, let's see who I have been left with. Hmm. All I'm right. just gonna write mine down because you're not gonna pick mine, so all right. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go with Jennifer Allen. She's barely, barely outside <laughs> the top 16. fifteen. She's sixteen, <laughs> but she had a good placing last year. Yep. 
And I cannot take Kona star Panis Montgomery with my pick. <laughs> so I am going to go with Jennifer Allen. Uh, and hopefully she uh, she takes a little pop-off train all the way to top 10. That's a good pick. I almost went with that. But I'm actually going to go with Deanne Carey. Mm. Love it. Who is actually his name popped up a lot recently. Yeah, because of Jomez, just, right? Like, She's one of the geese. <laughs> oh really is she i, I, I didn't actually wrong. know that <laughs> i thought maybe that's totally wrong but that's what i thought i mean you you could be right but her name's popped up a lot recently just like i've i've seen that name a lot i think she had either blue ridge or last week she had like a crazy score um on one of the rounds i can't remember what it was where even four, is she five, is she, she on had this top yeah list? she had a she had a seven under round uh yeah, she's like twenty something. Um Oh yeah. Yeah, she's twentieth. Yeah, she's twentieth. But yeah, she had a seven under round on the last round of Blue Ridge the other day. So or today. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty know. good. Seven under. Pretty good. Yeah, she had a seven under. So and I know that was the best that, you know, Chris had started. So she does have the capability of playing well. Oh, so she's a lone star person. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Has so, her favorite um, discs, or I don't know, discs she throws. Throws the curl, the midi, and yes. cuts with the blue bonnet. Mm-hmm. PDGA number yeah. 66,000. <laughs> How about that? She's cracked, but... All right, so that's our lists. So we'll take all the results next week. Um, average the placement on that. And winner gets the CD1, courtesy of Luke. So don't lose Luke. You might lose your own disc. Yep. Yikes. Um, even though it's a swing. <laughs> um, all right. That's it for this week's episode of the Swanky Disc Golf Show. Thank you guys so much for listening in. If you made it all the way to the end, uh, we appreciate you guys more than you know. But uh, for now, we will see you guys all next week. Thank you so much for listening. Stay swanky. Stay swanky. Stay swanky.